When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. So anytime you're effective, usually it's because you're being pretty multiple and and, uh, and not leaning on any one thing too much. But I just thought that, um, you know, after the first couple drives, the start we had, I, I look back at the plays and you're like, well, you know, I felt like I'm being put in a position to be successful, you know, and that's... Uh, that's a great feeling, you know, when you realize your coaches are kind of putting the wind at your back. I love it, man. I love I love the use of, of being multiple Football. in that press conference. Mm-hmm. Old Kirky boy. Kirk is 1-0 after wearing the bling, boys. I think oh, it needs yeah. to be a weekly thing now. Frosted Kirk. Gotta get Judd one next. From his own, like, does he need to go by his own or just continue well, to use Christian Considering he once passed on paying, around. he once passed on paying $100,000 uh, to, was it Creed, right? Creed yep. is yeah. his favorite band. Yeah. yeah. So I think so. I'm, I'm guessing if you were to leave Kirk to his own intuitions, he probably wouldn't spend top dollar on a chain. But maybe maybe one of his teammates can just get him one. Just like a little, I, the spinner, I like maybe like the arm spinning or something. You know, like his, his right arm. No? No, no, no. Getting the, I think we get gotta... the the old spinner WWE title, the no, John Cena, the, the John yeah. Cena one, the spinner. We can get that one. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Uh, before we go any further here on this daily Vikings entertainment, this this place where we just want the Vikings to win the Super Bowl before we die, it is Victory Monday, and that means get the flag, Judd. It's right here. It's ready. Get the flag. At the ready. At the ready. The flag is flying. The flag is flying. <laughs> there it is from the hardware store. $12. Well, there it is. What a purchase. <laughs> Speaking of being cheap, uh, Kirk hey, Cousins and Judd store. I walked in. I found it. I said, I'm going to buy this. <laughs> Amazing. Judd and I both dressed alike today with our Purple Daily hats. We will make those available in another pop-up shop here soon. It is DX soon. Monday, though, Phil, on, on Monday Night Raw tonight <laughs> and on Victory Monday, so I, I just had to make sure I wore that yes, shirt. Break it down. Are you ready? Um, so um, the show is presented by our friends over at TCL which is one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. New lineup of award-winning TVs for you to yell at during Vikings games when the defense is giving up 19 unanswered points to the Bears or whatever the hell it was. Um, It's got uh, AI-powered 50-megapixel triple camera system on that phone as well as I mix and match copy here. Go to TCL.com to learn more about this incredible electronics brand. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also... Man, it's so fun over the weekends when people are just drinking those tall boy before I die beer cans. It's 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 a trip for us to see our show slogan on a tall boy can of Surly inside that stadium as well. Yes, so, and I and yes. I, I, 
actually heard uh, or saw a tweet from a Viking slash Surly fan yesterday that the stadium sold out of before Hey-o. I die. So, I mean, the popularity is off the charts. But you know what? Let's talk about this. Let's talk about Sunday. Coming up on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That's right. It is a Vikings watch slash vent line party at Surly Brewing where we will, will be, at least Dex and I will. Uh, Phil, I believe you're coming in for the next one, which is going to be on November 6th for the Washington game. But we want to see you because we want to drink uh, Before I Die, as furious as any of the great Surly Brewing products. We'll be there for the entire game, Dolphins-Vikings on Sunday, and then fire up a post-game vent line, so stick around. Let's make a day of it, Purple Daily family. Make your plans now to watch Vikings-Dolphins with us this coming Sunday. It's going to be a great time. Bring a hooded sweatshirt. It looks like it's going to be chilly, and it'll be a big screen out. You can hang out inside, but like the big screen and vent line is going to be in that back area. So definitely bring a hooded sweatshirt, but come on, it's not going to be that bad. It's going to be... It's going to be about right. It's going to be about freezing at least, yeah. right? It's going to be like the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're not talking freezing. You'll be fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll uh, so, all right, let's get to it here. Your hottest, strongest take off of yesterday's victory. We'll start with Judd. My hottest, strongest take is this, and it can be, it can probably be debated, but I am going to say this: five games into the season, um, Kevin O'Connell is the NFL's coach of the year. Whoa, Kevin. Oh. Kevin O'Connell. Now, Brian Dable of the Giants has done a great job. The Giants, like the Vikings, are are four and one. They actually have beaten uh, common opponents in a few cases as well. But Kevin O'Connell is milking everything that he possibly can, not only from this team but also from Kirk. And before you, before the cousin stands, the Crusaders get mad. That's a good thing, okay? Kirk Cousins, third consecutive week led a game-winning fourth-quarter drive. I'll say the same thing that I said last week. This is what we've been begging for. Nobody, none of us have ever begged for the stats. Oh, we want to see more stats. Aren't the stats great? We have begged for victories and clutchness. And Kevin O'Connell, and make no mistake, the quote that Declan played from Kirk Cousins to start today's episode is twofold. One, it is the farthest Kirk is going to go, in my opinion, of taking a shot at the previous staff and Zimmer. And two, it is absolutely positively true. Kirk needs to be put in a position to succeed, and he is be and he is being put in that position. Kevin O'Connell, right now, in my opinion, four and one. The Vikings officially uh, up on the Packers by a game in the division, but because of tiebreakers, it's actually two games. Kevin O'Connell right now, I think, is the NFL coach of the year. That's my hottest take. Wow, I think obviously. East Coast sports fans would say, uh, have you watched the Giants this yes. season? Guy, yes. especially yesterday. Guy. And and they would say and, guy. And, <laughs> or something else you, that we can't maybe say on FCC regulated uh, shows. But um, it's got to be between those two, right? Brian Dable and Kevin O'Connell. At this point, we're only like a fifth of the way through the season. And both teams are kind of, I think, you know, the people and the talking heads around the league are, are kind of looking at the Giants and the Vikings with a little bit of a skeptical side eye saying, well, okay, uh, well, the Giants, Daniel Jones doesn't look that great yet, and they're kind of in these weird games, and the Vikings have mostly beat up on teams that are struggling, although the Packers win. The Packers are, I know they lost yesterday, but that's a good team. So, I, those teams still have a ways to go before, even though they're both, what, 4-1, and one, before like the league says, okay, officially now you're on the level of the Eagles or 
what have you. But yeah, it's got to be between those two guys for sure. All right, I'm gonna. God, that was gonna be honest. Honestly, that was gonna be mine. So we always say like, have a couple hot, yeah, strong audible. Vikings takes audible. here. Okay, I'm hot, gonna, hot, I'm hot, gonna, hot, 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 can, hot, can, 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 kill, 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 blue eighty. So I will I will pivot to this. I will hot route to this for my hottest, strongest Vikings take. Kevin O'Connell is the fifth best thing to ever happen in Kirk Cousins' 34 years on earth. Wife, two kids. I think the day he signed the $84 million guaranteed contract, those are the four best things. Wife, kid, kid, and then generational cousins, family uh, security financially. Yep. And then Kevin O'Connell is the next best thing to happen in Kirk Cousins' life. Okay? Mm-hmm. This is an incredible stat from Kevin Seifert to ESPN.com via the ESPN Stats and Info Department. And I will say, not many ESPN writers leverage the ESPN Stats and Info treasure trove like our guy Kevin Seifert does. Amen. Absolutely. He's like in the middle of a game, he'll just have like the thing that you want to know, right? You're thinking, <laughs> oh man. Kirk Cousins has completed his first 15 passes. I wonder where. And then, like, before you can finish your sentence, Seifert tweets out, he's only three away from the team record. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, and by the way, this stat is not meant to be a knock on Cousins or anything. It's meant to be, oh, my God, Kevin O'Connell and this scheme. Kirk Cousins threw 41 passes on Sunday, none of them into a tight window. And, again, that is not to say, oh, he's a coward. He's not throwing it into a tight window. He had one of the better games of his career, and I know that like the touchdowns were he had a bunch of rushing touchdowns, including himself. So the the numbers may not look like it, but like that's one of the best games he's ever played as a Viking. He threw forty one passes, none of them into a tight window. That's the most attempts without a tight window throw since the next gen stats began tracking it six years ago. And again, it's not because he's avoiding tight windows; it's because every single pass play had receivers schemed wide open. He's just looking around like, wow, okay, do they have four defenders out there? I guess I'll just throw to Justin Jefferson for 20 yards. He's doing what he needs to do within the scheme, but that was a brilliant day of play calling and scheming, and I think the Bears' defense was kind of exposed as a bit of a fraud. You know, they haven't really played many great quarterbacks, if any, this season, but wow, Uh, what a partnership this is turning out to be here. If we are to believe the first half of the Packers game, First half and end of Bears game and end game sequences for three consecutive fourth quarter comebacks. Kevin so. o- O'Connell's doing a marvelous job of doing what we have talked about for how long, which is he's empowering Kirk. Uh, but it's working because he's also instilling confidence. It's working because he's providing options. And the thing, too, is, you know, keep in mind this this offense, as far as the uh, steps go, in getting everybody comfortable is not there yet. And I think what we are seeing is on a week-by-week basis, the comfort with Kirk, the comfort with with the skilled position players is growing, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, this is why it's starting to work now. So there there is a lot more good to come just through the natural progression, too. But, yes... Phil, I think the perfect word is partnership. We have been waiting for so long for a partnership where, okay, can you take Kirk? Because, you know, I think I think this always comes down to we have never, ever said that Kirk stinks. But what we've said is mentally, yeah, it's not great sometimes. So can you mentally 
uh, for lack of a better term, prop him up to make him the most successful, best version of Kirk Cousins possible. And yeah, I think what we're seeing is slowly but surely it's getting there. But what I like is O'Connell being a smart dude uh, is always sort of on Kirk's side here. So it's ne- it's it's never a publicly well. He sort of took a step back. It's always a pu- publicly he's doing great. He's doing fine. Uh, without going overboard, but then what we are seeing is week by week by week a natural progression to get to where he wants to take this thing, which I still think we're away's from. Like I don't know exactly where, but I mean you can just see you can just see the gradual development on a game by game basis, and you're four and one in the meantime. Yeah, dude, it's uh, you like that? It's all there. You like that? It's all there. Mm-hmm. All right, my hottest, strongest Vikings take from that win yesterday. Winning is winning. Through five games, the Vikings are 4-1. and one. This is our fourth victory Monday coming into this show. Last year, it took until week 10 for the Vikings to pick up their fourth win. It also took them until week 10 in 2020 to pick up their fourth win. In the words of the wordsmith Vin Diesel, it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile, winning is winning. You're on the first place of the NFC North. KOC is getting this offense clicking. Kirk Cousins has been insanely clutch. You're undefeated at home against three of your divisional teams. As my therapist tells me, you don't have to be anxious when it comes to explaining the positives in your life right now. Winning is winning. The Vikings are winning football games. They are off to a great start. They're 4-1. and one. They have one more game through the bye week. Winning is winning, baby. That's my hottest, strongest take. I love it. Is it once a week therapy or what's the... What's it's about the... every six weeks or so. It was, oh, so it, it of, was okay. about... Uh, it's, like, it's like tune-ups now. Yeah, it, it was like every other week, and then it turned into once a month, and then it's turned into about once every six weeks you. or so. Yeah. That's kind of what the Vikings, the Vikings, I think, in the off-season, it was you know, post-traumatic Zimmer stress syndrome, <laughs> and they needed like weekly therapy checkups, and now it's kind of once a month tune-ups, yeah. some positivity, some reinforcement. Don't be afraid of success. Yeah. Yep. Had a little bit of that yesterday. All right, you have a chance to win this game 52 to 3. Go just do it. And they're like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's next. Like, that's what's coming. That's what I thought hopefully. was going to happen. If, if things, well, I did too, but I, I'm, if things continue on what appears to be the trajectory that they're on right now, I think that's like what's next, which is, okay, let's bury them, which I thought too. And then they're like, oh, no, hey, Bears, you want to stick around? Let's make this fun. <laughs> no. Okay, I, uh, I'm going to do something unprecedented as we head into our oh. pie chart here. Let's just get right into the pie chart of praise here. Okay. Sure. Now on Mackie and John. If you wanted better charts that you could see the fine print on. The pie chart of praise. You should be singing his praises. All right, so uh, every week how you feel about pie. we rotate through the three of us. We do Instead of all of us doing basically the same pie chart, one of us will deliver a baked pie here of praise when they win, of blame when they lose, and then you guys can critique. It's my turn to bake the pie. I was waiting until PFF grades came out to decide if I wanted to add other elements like Mm -hmm. offensive line to this pie chart. Mm -hmm. I have seen the PFF grades and the data and some of the, 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 I guess, advanced statistics. And I'm going to add a chunk of pie here on the fly. I need to do math on the fly here. So Godspeed. uh, I usually do like three or four item chunks of pie. Mm Mm-hmm. I think I have to have seven chunks of pie here. I'm going to try and fly through this as much as I can. 
I really am. Take your time. Um, it's a victory Monday. Okay. How do I do the math on this? You know Seven. What? You know what? what transition. Uh... I'll wave the flag. In the transitionary period, I'll just wave the flag. There you go. It's like the old school end of day programming with the anthem playing. Hold the joy while Phil does this. There's nothing All wrong right. with your television. Okay. <laughs> 80. If we do, uh, let's see. If I give you 15, so that's 75. And so I have four left. We'll go. Uh, we're going to go 10. We're going to go. <laughs> 7.5, 7.5. Okay, here we go. So I'm going to start at the bottom and work my way up here. The smallest the smallest slice of pie. I'm going to go 5%. Check my math on this at the end. I think I got this right for seven slices. All right. But uh, I'm going to give 5% to the reclining seats on the flight back from London, where the Vikings appeared to generate just enough rest to hold off the Bears at home in a weird travel week in which Eric Kendricks apparently told the Fox broadcast crew that the team didn't start to feel fresh until about Friday of this week. But then they jump off to the hot start, and you're like, oh, they seem to be fine. So I don't know what the, you know, the, we had the stat wow. before the show that every team that has come back without a bye week and played at home has been trailing or tied in the fourth quarter the following week because it's just a slug. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to the Vikings. So 5% to just enough travel rest, those reclining seats on the charter flight. And I believe the Vikings are the first of those teams to ever win in London and then the next game, too. So the the stat I saw, I think, on Saturday or Sunday was that no team had won in London and then come back without a bye and won. So So the teams, because there was a couple teams that had played in London but won, but they must have lost They lost their next game that didn't come with a bye. So, yes. So I think the reclining seats, those beds that they can lay in, very nice. Yes. Okay, 5% to Cam Dantzler for stripping that ball. Yep. He had a good game overall, but for stripping that ball away from former Viking Emir Smith-Marset. Who, who deserves 50%, but yes, hun- yeah. yes, nice play. I'm, gonna get, I'm not going to put Emir Smith-Marset in my pie chart because there's so many Vikings to give praise to here. Sure. But, uh, yeah, that was – I guess that's one way to, to leverage Emir Smith-Marset for Vikings gain. Put him on the Bears and then just uh, you know strip him of the football, but that was one of the most clutch defensive plays you're going to see because the Bears, you know, wasn't a guarantee that they were going to march for a touchdown, but like they had been moving the ball quite a bit and yeah. they're catching passes and it's like uh, they it didn't they feel good. The fifty yard line didn't feel good. Like <laughs> it felt like eh, this could be a huge problem. I agree. Yes. All right. Seven and a half percent to a man that set a career oh. high in receptions, Justin. Jefferson, what a game for him. Uh, He was streaking wide open for half the game, and Kirk Cousins found him as he should. So that that was one of the best games of his career. And then he also also completed a pass to Dalvin Cook to set up kind of like a back pass screen situation. Mm -hmm. So a nice little 7.5 chunk of pie there. I'm going to give 7.5% to a guy that we questioned all week, Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. for slicing and dicing his way to 121 all-purpose yards, two touchdowns. I think maybe you know, he he still hasn't – his long was 15, so it was, just, it was a lot of like four, five, little eight, 15-yard run here. Uh, we still haven't seen the explosive 20, 30, 70-yard gain from Dalvin Cook, but maybe the demise of Dalvin Cook has been slightly exaggerated. He's being – I love – I actually have grown to like how he's being used for for his current skill set. 
But you know what? He is the new Kirk. Um, there's nothing wrong with him. It's great to have him, but the contract now, that's the issue. Right? Yeah, starting largely next year. Yeah. Yep. So that's the issue. It's the it's going to be the contract. It's not it's not that he's not good. It's that he's not good enough to justify that chunk of the contract. Yeah. Although his cap is pretty high this year, I think they'd have to eat some dead money next year. But you can start to get out of that contract this off season if you want to. Okay. And he'll be twenty eight. Yep. It's a like a future conversation for another time. But it's you know, if he doesn't show more explosiveness, you're probably not going to continue to pay him at that rate. So mm-hmm. the problem is you can't just go to Madison because he's a free agent. Probably going to get paid more than you want to pay. So now we're down to like Ty Chandler and Kenny Wong or whoever else. We're just a guy sign off the street. Yeah. The guy. Me. So, but he had a good game yesterday. 121 all purpose yards. Yep. All right. The next slice of pie here, up to 15% chunk of pie on this one. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. This was my late edition. All right. The offensive line, specifically pass protection. This is, uh, this is amazing. Christian Derrissaw. Zero pressures allowed yesterday. Ezra Cleveland, zero pressures allowed yesterday. Garrett Bradbury, zero pressures allowed yesterday. Okay. The eye test told me when I was watching, feels like Kirk had, especially the first half, man, like just clean pocket for days and days. Mm -hmm. Just sat back there, comfortable, and the stats bear that out. They allowed only six collective pressures the entire game. Um, but none from the rookie left tackle, none from the questionable center, and none from Ezra Cleveland. Uh, how about the right side of the line? Ed Ingram allowed three. He had he had a pretty rough day grade-wise in pass protection. Okay. And Brian O'Neill allowed two and was a road grader in the run game. Okay. So he was largely fine. Okay. But that's impressive. If you're getting Christian yeah. Derrissaw... That's like when Bradbury does it, you're kind of like, all right, show me more. Derrissaw keeps doing it. Derrissaw's legit, man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So credit to those guys. Those guys can eat a lot of pie, too. I don't think 15% is going to be enough for those guys to share here. They're going to have to kind of oh, fight over it, I guess. All right, let's get to 30% of my pie chart of praise. knows how you feel about pie. Goes to old Kirky McClutcherton, the fourth quarter pharaoh himself, Kirk Cousins. Played a near flawless first half, setting the record for most consecutive completions as a Vikings quarterback broke the, what, the 40-year-old record of Tommy Kramer Mm -hmm. and then delivered in the final seven minutes of the fourth quarter when the game was on the line. He was in command at the line of scrimmage for just about three hours. There was a lull in there. You don't love to see that, but if I get an explosive start and I get to take a lead and give myself a cushion, and then if things get weird at the end, I, I dial it back in, and I go fourth quarter comeback on it. Yes, I mean, that was a full day's work for Kirk Cousins, and it's one of the best games front-to-back he's had as a Vikings quarterback. And you know what? All you Cousins Crusaders out there, you're probably looking at his stats saying, well, he only threw one touchdown. <laughs> oh, but he led the Vikings to multiple touchdowns with his great play following this great scheme. And so it's one of those where, like, the performance doesn't match the back of the football card stats. Yeah. In a good way. So, I welcome Kirk Cousins, thirty percent. I I don't care about his stats. Mm-hmm. I care about the W's. I care about the that column, the left hand column. I mean, I care about his stats because it's a, it, like it shows that it's he is playing well. But sometimes his stats have been have been uh, like make believe okay. in some ways, or there or there's hidden pockets of third downs and other I'll situations rephrase. where he's bad. 
Do you care about his back of the football card stats? I do not. I care about third downs, okay. yes, red yes. zone. All right. I care about pressure. I'll back off. I care about situations. I'll stop. <laughs> You're exa- No, I, I do too. I care about those. In fact, on the back of the football card, they should say, for quarterbacks, how are you on third down? How are you when they know you're going to pass? How are you when your team is trailing? How are you? Like, I don't care. I don't care if you can run a scripted 15 first plays. Anyone can do that. Tavares Jackson could run the first 15 scripted plays, right? Now, Kirk ran them as well as you can possibly run them in this game, which is great. But 30% to Kirk Cousins. All right. And that brings us to the final slice of pie. The Rock knows 30% how you feel about pie. Equal pie for the partnership of Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins. So Kevin O'Connell gets the last 30%, largely for the brilliant play calling. There you go. I got to 100. Right. Seven and a half created some drama, created okay. some issues. But you got to 100. It's that Buffalo High School uh, Way to go. math. Way to go, Phil. Man. University of Minnesota. Well, I didn't take math at, as a general. I, I found a loophole, a logic mm. class. It was like math with words. Oh, yeah. I took one of those. Didn't work out well for me. <laughs> We can tell. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, largely for his <laughs> brilliant play calling. Uh, the Jefferson back pass to Dalvin Cook with some screen action over there. I mean, I, that was amazing. I feel like you've seen that before, but it just, it's been years since we've seen something that creative, I think, in, in purple. Uh, the inside toss to Jalen Rager for a touchdown. Yes, that I, yes, that one I'm, I'm totally with, with you on. That was absolutely a good play call. The flea flicker that was the, the the first option was probably to hit a big chunk play down the field. Yep, but that wasn't there, and there was some pressure leaking in, and so Cousins bails to the screen action that they had set up to the right. So it's a flea flicker with a deep ball, some sort of a deep route. I don't know. I didn't see like the all twenty two what the route was, and he bails over instead of it just being a checkdown. It's a checkdown with four gigantic offensive linemen ready to to road grade. They only got like five yards on it. Uh, but that was a that was a great play design, and then I think just KOC finding ways to get Justin Jefferson the ball all over the field, wide open looks. He had like five yards average separation on his uh, catches yesterday. So thirty percent Kevin O'Connell, thirty percent Kirk McClutcherton, fifteen percent offensive line, seven and a half percent Dalvin Cook, seven and a half Justin Jefferson, five percent Cam Dantzler, five percent the reclining seats that led to just enough rest coming back. Uh, go seats. From London. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. All right. Perfect. Did I get it right? Did I get it wrong? You did. What do you guys think? You did. You got it. You got it all. That's a lot of pie. Yeah, I know. I didn't want to leave out Dalvin. You can't leave out Jefferson. No. Right. And you can't leave out O'Connell or Cousins. I mean, oh, no. Dantzler had the game-winning defensive play, so it's like, who, you know, who are you supposed to Who are you supposed to bump? I don't know. And mm-hmm. as a whole, the defense probably doesn't get a ton. Uh, because the, the game was the game was largely or largely became far too interesting because of them, yeah. not because of what Kirk did. Uh, no, I think you got it. I, I was trying to think of like a like a small piece of a small five percent piece that you that you excluded, but I don't think there's one. I think it was pretty. I think it was pretty cut and dry that there were certain people yesterday who deserve credit, and I think you hit on every one of them. And you know. The O'Connell Cousins thing has actually become fun to watch. Let's actually, I think, Deck, you have a clip on, is it Kirk talking about his growing relationship yeah. with Kevin O'Connell? Yeah. Let's just let's hear from the fourth quarter. Fair. Yeah, he's really been that way from day one. I will say that you said it, you know, we're developing. I think we're getting there. I, I would tell you that uh, after being in a system for three-ish years, three different play callers, but a similar system, you know, 
I'm not where I was at the end of last season in that old system. So, but we're developing and we're getting there, and I'm excited about that continued growth. And we have to keep showing that. You know, we we got to get to the bye and look back and feel like we are every week taking another step towards uh, that synergy. And um, and he certainly um, is in my corner, and I think that makes a makes for a, a great help as a quarterback. And then the comment off the top of the show, too, where he says, I feel like I'm p- being put in a great position to succeed. Yes. And, and he actually, in that press conference, referenced uh, w- the stat that Seifert had. He referenced that something along the lines of, I don't think that I made a contested throw all day, which was absolutely correct. Yeah. So, yeah, I. it's just, here's what I like, too, just from a mentality standpoint. I like the fact that it feels to me in his press conferences that Kirk Cousins now feels comfortable owning what he's doing. I always previously felt he didn't. Like he was trying to beat around the bush or he was trying not to assess blame or he was trying to to dodge. Um, and it feels to me like on a weekly basis when he gets up to the podium that he owns what he he owns his portion of what he is doing. It doesn't mean that he owns the entire thing. But there is a level of calm and confidence, I think that's probably the best way to put it from Kirk, that I don't think we have seen since he arrived until now. Yeah, well, this is what happens when, you know, your boss in this case, it's kind of weird to think of it that way in the NFL. I think it's more of a partnership with quarterbacks and and head coaches, but however you want to, you know, classify it, when it is a partnership, and it always felt like an adversarial thing, you know, Zimmer just wants Cousins to do his job. and if Cousins doesn't do his job, admitting that you failed in your job only compounds the angst between the head coach and the quarterback. And in this case, you have a head coach that's like, dude, guys are going to make mistakes. It's okay. Greg Joseph misses the extra point a week ago in London. And instead of freaking out or ignoring him or freezing him out or bringing kickers in for a workout or whatever it is, you know, Kevin O'Connell walks up to Greg Joseph on the sidelines during the moment and says, hey, it's coming back to you. So you're going to you're, you're going to dig yourself out of this and make a game winner. And then he celebrates him in the locker room afterwards. <laughs> so there's just a different, these guys all feel like, okay, I can make the mistakes that I'm going to make because football's hard. And the opposing team is getting paid collectively $200 million to stop what we're doing. Like those guys are getting paid $200 million as professionals to study us all week and to throw a wrench into what we're doing. And so we're going to make some mistakes and it's okay. Let's find a way to grind through and win anyways which is what the Vikings have done the last three weeks. Uh, a team that didn't find a way to win anyways yesterday morning. You know, there's, I think for Vikings fans, there's the joy of the Vikings winning and the joy you feel on Monday. But then second to that, it's the joy you feel when hilariously the Packers lose. This is Packer Ventline on Purple Daily. I think this is an example of why coaching is so important in football. You have so many moving parts. You have so much that the head coach and the staff have to command. How so did he get out coached today? I'm trying you to answer the question. Say you can't so many things you that can back go wrong in a game. You've got to adjust. You've got to what? adjust. You've got to make in-game adjustments. You've got to coach your guys up when they're to? struggling. What did he the defensive back? If you'd shut up and let me finish. The no, defense- you can't say anything until you answer the question. Why and how was he outcoached? You can't tell me 20 ways a coach can get outcoached. How did he get outcoached? What? What adjustment? What adjustments? Just don't say adjustments. 
blitz in this defense? Why can't they get any pressure consistently on a quarterback? Is Rashawn Gary the only one who can get to a quarterback? (laughs) Get the flag. (laughs) Bravo! It's back! Oh, God. <laughs> oh, 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 Chris, God. you have a 620 WTMJ oh. in Milwaukee, I believe. <laughs> Dude, they're just like <laughs> shouting over each other. They lose one game. What that ain't they're just shouting. They won 13 games every year the last <laughs> half decade, basically. They lose a weird game in London. <laughs> they're just, they can't figure out is it, is it adjustments? Is it Lafleur? I don't know. Why, why wouldn't you let him finish, though? I don't know, man. Who cares? It's great. Uh, it's hilarious. Uh, we got more where that we came got one from. More. We got another one. <laughs> okay, let's just deal with it. He's gone. It's going to be a very frustrating, bad, ugly season where they may or may not make the playoffs, and they're not going to have any hope of going deep. And that's just the way it's going to end. It's too bad, but making the sometimes playoffs. stories Come don't on. end with a happy ending. Hey, this is man. not a good Come on. team. They're making the playoffs. Yeah, they're Come making on. the playoffs. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. You really? 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 Yeah. Nine and eight, Homer? Will nine and eight make the playoffs? Because this is a team. I don't, I don't, I don't, you that, you said, I'm telling you, they're making the playoffs. Oh, Homer, <laughs> it's Homer. <laughs> oh, did he, is his name, name Homer? actually Homer? That, that's his or did nickname. they call him a Homer? No, no, his his it, it's a a longtime host there, and I believe it is, is it Homer Drew, but he's called, but that's his nickname, Homer. Okay, and and he's like the voice of Marquette basketball too, but he like freaks out about stuff. This is great. You know what? They have found the replacement for for our show from there, the Green and Gold ben- Post Game Show. Yes, when, yeah. when the entire <sighs> station was. Was put down, unfortunately. Well, that was that, that used is. to be Bill Michaels and Gary Ellerson. Yes. Oh my gosh! Yeah, this is the same. I think Odyssey owns. I think this is the uh, one of the other the other talk station that that made it through the the chaos. This is a big one, but yes, I love this. <laughs> this is great, Declan. We have found the Holy no, Grail again. It's phenomenal. oh god, good job, <laughs> amazing. You know what's funny? Um, I did see this happens once in a while on Underdog. Mm-hmm. People were sending us screenshots of mm-hmm. like. Listen, the Vikings are going to do their job, but I'm already. T- I woke up in the morning and the Packers submarined my underdog ticket. Oh, that's, that's your fault for that putting is. Packers on yep. the card, though. Yeah, I don't do that. However, our guy Keaton sent me this five-item slip that hit all five of them for him. By the way, I double-checked that all of these did indeed hit, and they did. We had Dalvin Cook over of touch rushing touchdowns. Justin Jefferson at eighty-five and a half receiving yards. Underdog was giving you a hammered over right there. Uh, Herb Smith, two and a half receptions. KJ, two receptions. All those hit. And then he threw in a Nick Chubb. One rushing touchdown <laughs> to complete the five-item parlay. So bravo to our guy Keaton there at Underdog Fantasy. Uh, you can uh, join Underdog Fantasy with promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R. Show us your slips as well. When you download the Underdog Fantasy app and you use that promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, it helps us out too. So go download the Underdog Fantasy app the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. This probably happened in the Zolgad household, but around 6.15 this morning, I, we, my wife and I feel like the drumming of two paws, just like, just tapping our backs. She, she, you know, trying, she's trying not to go Edward Scissorhands and like slice our faces, but she's trying to like tap, tap, tap. Hey, hey, I want my Nutrisource chicken and rice. It helps keep my digestion and gut health intact. 
and uh, helps keep me spry and young. That's right. I'm Maya Mackey. Pour me a scoop of that glorious food. Uh, the treats are great, too. She loves the treats. I'm sure Stella does. Oh, my gosh, yes. In, in fact, b- between uh, tapings today of PD and M- Mackie and Judd, guess what? Stella's going to demand to go outside. Does she really need to go potty? I'm not quite sure, but she does need treats. And the Nutrisource uh, treats, the training treats, rewards that you are looking at right there is what she loves. And so, yes, while, while you, you guys are relaxing and enjoying life between shows, I will be taking care of Stella because, you know what, if she doesn't get her treats, there is hell to be had in the Zolgad household. NutrisourcePetFoods.com. It's a Minnesota-based company, but national and worldwide product availability. NutrisourcePetFoods.com. Also, a shout-out to our friends over at Federated for helping Keep the lights on here uh, with our business at Score North, Purple Daily Mackey and Judd, et cetera. But also, they've been working with other business owners in and outside the state of Minnesota for over 100 years. Uh, a lot of a lot of savvy Minnesota sports fans over there that I've gotten to know, too, throughout the years. So, um, so check them out. If you're a business owner and you want to just find out how you can fortify and protect your business and reach new heights, federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. All right, when... When the Vikings lose, we go through our silver linings to keep it balanced. When they win, we go through our nitpicks to keep it balanced. So, Judd, throw out uh, your favorite nitpick from yesterday's win over the Bears. Um, it probably goes beyond a just a nitpick, but my my top talking point off, off of a game that, by the way, on film has a ton of things to correct, special teams. Uh, which against the Saints was absolutely outstanding, and I think swung that game. I think special teams played a large role in the fact that the Vikings won in London. Well, in this case, uh, Greg Joseph missed wide right from 53 yards. He had a 51-yard field goal attempt blocked. Uh, There was a fumbled punt. Ryan Wright had a 15-yard punt that was then followed on the same sequence by a 10-yard penalty on the Vikings, which put the ball at midfield. The Bears scored. So, if special teams got a well-deserved pat on the back a week ago and was uh, praised, I think that the nitpick this week is that there is a lot to clean up and perhaps perhaps some folks read their press clippings. I don't know, but <laughs> that is my top thing as far as nitpicks go. We, we talked about this on Ventline yesterday, and I, I think I'm, I fall sort of between what Declan was saying, which is, okay, 50 yarders aren't going to be automatic, which I agree with. But on the other side, the best kickers in the NFL, including Greg Joseph last year, are making like 75-plus percent of their 50-yarders. He made 7 of 9 last year. Mm-hmm. The, I looked this up. The league average for 50-plus-yard field goals last year was like 67%. So he's one of five. One of them was blocked. Hard to place full blame on him for that. But he's got like I need him to be making half of his 50-yarders. You can't just be not yes. making fifty yarders. You don't need to be Justin Tucker or anything. Ridiculous. God, but can you can you make some fifty yarders at some point? And and he made a bunch of them last year, so maybe he's just in a funk. Some other people are saying, and I'd have to dig deeper on this, that he has been bad from the left hash mark on these. Maybe he's more comfortable kicking these fifty yarders from the right hash mark. Yeah, but again, like you can't cater to that if you're an offense. You're trying to get a. You're usually like at the forty yard line or thirty six yard line or something. Correct. You're going to run a play however you're going to run a play, and if you don't get it, you're not going to line it up for him from 50 yards, I guess, is what I'm saying. Right, and I I think as far as that topic goes, too, you need to – so O'Connell has 
since training camp started, made it abundantly clear that he trusts Joseph implicitly from from 50 and, and out. Yeah. Um, if this is going to continue to be a trend and a problem, I think you at least need to change your fourth down thoughts there too. So, so like he either needs to become a bit more consistent here or O'Connell is going to have to shift and say, hey, you know, if it's fourth and three on a 52-yard potential field goal attempt, we need to go for it. So, like, that's the change there. It, it's got to be a path. I, either Joseph starts to be more successful on a kick that has become, to, to what the statistics say, and it's obvious, more commonplace being made now than it was 10 years ago, or O'Connell, who certainly is an open thinker when it comes to offense, needs to say, you know what, it's fourth and three, it's a 53-yard attempt, let's go for it and try and get those three yards. Is he an open thinker or is he a free thinker? He's, he's a, a free thinker. He's a free thinker. He's a free thinker offensively, right? Like, I think he's a free thinker. But Kevin but O'Connell and Kanye West, a couple of, couple of free thinkers, just uh, making the world better. <laughs> wow, that's the first time those two have been in the same sentence. Uh, Dex, what is your main nitpick for me? Uh, it, it's the obvious one for me. It's, it's just that there's been really no adjustments, I feel like, on this Vikings defense. Um, you know, d- outside of the Darnell Mooney play, which was one of, legitimately one of the best catches of the NFL season, um, the, the Vikings defense just continues to be a little bit of a sieve, and I understand that there's like the shell coverage, and that's at Donatel's system, and we don't necessarily have the, the, the cornerbacks and really the defensive backs in general to play press and play man and play right up on you because we don't have really good cornerbacks. But you have to make some type of adjustment here, and even putting guys like Daniil Hunter dropping down and not pass rushing and getting after the quarterback to me, there's clear it's clear now that the Vikings have to make adjustments on defense in the second half. Um, they haven't allowed touchdowns the fourth quarter, so it's like it's it's kind of finding these weird gray areas where yes, it's been successful, but you're getting gashed. You're letting the Bears run up and down, uh, up and down the field against you. You allow that become to become a game. My biggest nitpick is just that Ed Donatel. Um, there has to be some type of adjustments there. Yeah, it just kind of it just kind of feels like they can they can definitely win games just being bend but don't break which is exactly what they've been they're they're, they're like bottom 5 in the NFL yards per they're they're allowing 6 yards per play on defense this season yeah and it's not you're so you're you're they're going to move the ball up and down now they've been fairly good at just holding teams to field goals or getting a timely turnover here or there but at some point i just i don't think you can allow that many yards and and have it work out at the end of the season. So they got to find a way to just, and it starts with getting pressure on quarterbacks. The underneath passes are driving me crazy. Yeah. And maybe what they're saying is, well, we'd rather allow that and force a team to go 11 plays than allow something big over the top. And just um, poor, yeah. poor, poor tackling. Like it's, I know the Vikings, we've kind of hinted on that. Do they have enough speed and there's some veterans here and they're a step behind? I mean, I, I would actually put more blame on just, Poor tackling. There's been so many times that teams have had third and longs, and the other team has thrown those little slip passes, those underneath passes, and all of a sudden they either get it or they become very close to getting a fourth down and manageable, and other teams are actually doing a very good job on fourth down against the Vikings. I would say it's yeah. even more poor tackling than it is having lack of creativity and speed. So it's, it's just kind of fun pouring over some of the, the numbers here. So one of, they're one of the worst yards per play or yardage defenses in the NFL. Scoring their 14th, they're just kind of right smack dab in the middle, allowing 20 points a game. And if you would have kind of told me before the year, you know, they're going to be giving up 20 points a game, which is going to be better than league average. Take it or risk what's behind door number two. And I think with all of these aging 
players and with the question marks about Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter's injury histories, I think I would have just taken it. So that's I'm 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 going back and forth on like yeah now you're are, watching it and it's frustrating I know you, <laughs> and yeah. I get why but yes. I totally get but yes statistically you're right but when you watch it unfold it's like really guys they should if they if they continue to somehow allow twenty points per game which I don't I think that's going to go up if they don't get the yardage stuff in check they're going to win a bunch of games because their offense is now up to 28 points a game the last three. And I don't think it's going to, I don't think the offense is going to take huge steps back. So um, we'll have to see. It'll be, I don't think the defense is going to be the thing that's, you're not going to win games like 16 to nine. You're going to have to score 24, 28, 31. And this offense is capable of it. Well, if if this continues at at the rate it's going with the defense, like not adjusting and just remaining this identity, I think the question becomes this, what is your goal here? Because, you know, the schedule itself for the rest of the regular season is favorable. But this is the type of thing where you're going to start to watch this if it doesn't evolve and change, and you're going to start to say, okay, if you go to the playoffs, right? Because that's where it's going to cost you. That's where that's where you're going to get a repeat eventually of the 2017 conference championship game. Because you're going to meet a good team in the playoffs, and they are going to put up, you know, 40 points. They're going to spank you. So it really becomes the question of what's the long play goal here just for 2022? Yeah. I think my, I mean, defense and special teams, those are great nitpicks. I'll give you this one. The Vikings are averaging only eight points in the second half this season. So they've got like the Packers game and then this game, they just come out blazing in the first half. Just, oh my God, they're going to put up 48 points or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they hit a lull of some kind, which is natural. You're not; these are NFL teams you're facing. You're not just going to boat race everyone. But in the third quarter, too, it's even like in the third quarter. I think they're averaging like a point per game. Let me find this. Yeah, so Buffalo's averaging nine points per third quarter, for instance. The Vikings are averaging one point two points per third quarter. So they just come out. And they fall on their face offensively in the third quarter. And this is this was a thing at times last year, too. So I don't know what they need to do at halftime, if they need to re-script some stuff at halftime and then come out. But um, their second, their third quarter offense is among the worst in the NFL. And then their overall second half offense is also among the worst in the NFL. Something to figure out. You know, put that gas pedal down in the third quarter. Yes, yes exactly. So, all right, those are those are the nitpicks here. And um, one more thing here on this Monday. We introduced this a couple weeks ago. I think we can keep bringing it back as it makes sense. What are you doing, guy? Let's go to a different game for this one. And if you guys have examples of what are you doing, guy, that you want to bring to the table, you're welcome to. But late in that game yesterday between the Falcons <laughs> and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Grady Jarrett, who is a... Falcons defensive lineman cuts through the offensive line. Tom Brady drops back. Oh, my God, here comes Grady Jarrett. Tom Brady takes a step forward, then a step to his right. There's nowhere he can go. And Grady Jarrett, running full speed, by the way, wraps up Tom Brady. Momentum carries them to the ground. He kind of It's like a roll tackle. But he kind of softly brings Tom Brady to the ground because he's 45, and he doesn't want Tom Brady to have any more problems beyond his current personal problems. It was a very standard, and I would even argue, like, the defender in that situation did all he could to not destroy Tom Brady. 
and he gets the sack. Flags fly. They call roughing the passer for unnecessary, I guess, force driving Tom Brady to the ground. And Jerome Boger, the head referee after the game, was asked about it by a pool reporter, and he said, what I had was the defender grabbed the quarterback while he was still in the pocket and unnecessarily threw him to the ground. This is what I was making my decision based upon. What are we doing, guy? Yeah. What are we doing here, guy? Really? That's one of the worst yeah. calls I've seen in recent history. That was the clay. It was like the Clay Matthews play from. It was worse to me be, because the clay one was an attempt, although a flawed one. That one was the clay one was an attempt to say that in a, a year where they were trying to legislate the amount of weight that could land on a quarterback. That he did land with some weight, so it was a terrible call. But I fault the league there because it was a uh, uh, at the time point of emphasis, right? This one was nothing. There's no point of emphasis here. He just willy nilly threw a flag to help Tom Brady. Why aren't those reviewable yet? Why can't we? It should be challengeable. So I don't. I don't need like 50 extra yeah. reviews in a football game. I'm saying let's expand the things that you can throw a challenge flag on. And if, if there's a 15-yard game-changing penalty like this, it could be a face mask. It could be a roughing the passer. Yeah. You go take a look at it. Just go take a look at it. And so if, if you watch that playback, and we're all, you know, grant some sympathy here to Jerome Boger and his staff is these guys are watching full-speed football. Stuff looks different in full speed. <laughs> you know, maybe you're a little nervous because it's toward the end of the game. It's also Tom Brady, and you've been told by the league we got to – Make sure that the Tom Brady's and the Patrick Mahomes are not getting, you know, thrust to the ground and taken out for a Sunday night football game. So you're a little nervous. Right. Go take a look. Someone should be able to throw a challenge flag and say, you know what? Why don't you go? Why don't you go slow that one down under the hood, or, or go ask New York if that was really a 15 yard penalty? Yep. You know what I got? That one was so bad. That one was so bad that the league should put in a new, a new viable way to overturn that call. And call it an incompetency ruling, and allow New York to buzz in and say, "You have to get on the the officials, Mike Jerome, and say referee incompetency led to that flag. <laughs> it has been overturned and picked up." You know what it is? The NBA is the only league that has the cojones with the two minute report, right? That's true. To, to basically say. That um, that up. that the officiating crew screwed up. And yeah, here's but what that's, they... that's like a day later, though. No, that's, I know, that's, but that's even more cowardly because it's, it's more like, cowardly. Oh, I know these guys already flew out of town and blew the game, but, but yeah, uh... but at least it exposes the crew a bit. What I am saying is, in real time, because like you would not have that rule implemented much. It's not like there would be a call a game, but I'm talking about incompetent. This was an incompetent ruling. So Jerome has to get on the mic and pay his penance in front of the television audience and the fans and say, because of my incompetency, this flag is being picked up. And then it's a demerit against him. I mean, I don't I don't hate the public shaming of bad referees in all sports. Goal. I think it'd be, they should do that in Major League Baseball, too. Hi, I am uh, Joe, Joe West. West. is retired now, but uh, I'm Angel Hernandez, and I am bad at my job. That play at first base... Was wrong. So Buccaneers coach Todd Bull said after the game that the situation was similar to the play that concussed Tua and that uh, he's under the impression that the slinging of the quarterback thing will be flagged. And so the pool reporter asked Boger, 
hey, was that you know that play was pretty similar to the Tua play? Is that something that made a specific measure to try and watch out for the takedowns or the slinging of the quarterback? And Boger said, no, not necessarily. So I mean, Tua, dude. You know, let's make no mistake here. Tua got injured the second time bad because he was playing with a a concussion from four days before. So, like, that's also the thing is that's just the league screwing up. That's just the doctor screwing up. No, this was a this was the incomp- incompetency at its highest point. Yeah, I just and don't understand how you, you're running full speed because you, literally you're trying to get to a quarterback within like two and a half seconds, right? Ball is yeah, snapped and no. you're running full speed. So I'm running full speed to get there. How am I supposed to then, like, take him to the ground without there being some sort of risk or pain? That's that's the problem here. And I'm not a, I'm not one of these, like, macho oh, footballs for wusses now. Like, oh, but, I mean, there's got to be some sort of common sense here about what an athlete can and can't do physically when trying to tackle a quarterback. Yeah. You know, like, they're like oh, yes. Oh, you got to you, you got to make sure you're not putting a 90 percent of your weight on a quarterback. Like, guy, I'm running full speed. Like, I <laughs> if and I I'm, waste if I waste tackle Aaron Rodgers, yes. I'm probably going to land on him. I'm sorry. Yes. Like, yes. it's football. I happen to be fat and I'm going full speed <laughs> and I'm going to land on the quarterback. Okay. Sorry. Football. <laughs> Mo, well, you're not, you're not fat anymore though. No, that's, that's, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's the thing is I could sack quarterbacks all day long. And you know what? They'd say, judge, you are so light. You are like a feather. What happened? And I, and I would say that's because thanks to my friends at Livia weight control centers who have helped me drop 40 pounds. And more importantly, keeping that weight off. That's the most important thing. And if you join right now, guess what? Ladies and gentlemen, you'll receive eight weeks for free. The first eight weeks for free. Imagine all the weight loss that can take place in that time. The new flex program lets you enjoy foods. You love fruit, pasta, and even bread. Livia.com 855 go Livia L I V E A.com. Yeah. If you're not on Livia yet, what are you doing, guy or gal? Come on. <laughs> yeah, we're Yep. Let's Get make a change for the better in your life. So, all right. Well, there's your Purple Daily Victory Monday episode here. Let's wave the flag one more time. Right. Four and one Minnesota Vikings. There you go. There you go. The sun's, you know why the sun's pouring in right now? Because it's a Victory Monday, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> victory Monday. Lose that weight. Join us Sunday at Surly. Wave the flag and it's a glorious day. I'm illuminated. That's you. <laughs> That's I'm illuminated. Oh, man. All right. We'll see you guys uh, for, well, we'll see you for all of our spinoff shows today on Purple Daily, and then we'll see you back here for the flagship show tomorrow. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. And right now, you can save when you shop your faves. Just buy six or more participating sale items and save 50 cents each with your card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.